0: Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang Hallo meine Leute Wie geht's? Willkommen zum das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Shaka Podcast worldwide. This is episode 91 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Now, this episode is going to be a very different podcast than normal, Uh, Jack and I are still pretty much spent out from uh, this past weekend's Riviera Derby. Uh, Not only were we busy watching the game, but we were live-streaming the game for those who watched. um, Thank you so much for participating. It was fun chatting with everyone, and thank you for watching along. Uh, We also were on the Schalke Zoom party, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, Got to put faces to a lot of people we've been talking to uh, over the years uh so thank you to all the people who joined in the Zoom party and then uh, we were also doing some stuff for Deutsche Villa as well. So it was a really chaotic weekend and uh the results obviously folks was not how we wanted it to go. But nonetheless, uh we were able to acquire a uh, an interview with a very special guest, Andy Wills from the World Football Index um it, stay tuned for the podcast. Uh, it, or stay tuned to the interview. It was a, a very good interview with him. He not only gives us insight to the to the Bundesliga restart, but also talking a little bit of River Derby and uh, is a little bit of a gut punch for us folks. But uh, we had to talk about it a little bit, and so Andy came along board and helped us along with this interview. Enjoy the interview. Uh, joining me on this segment is a, is a lovely, lovely person uh, I've known for a while, a little bit. Uh, his bio reads uh, Family Football, LFC, Liverpool, and Coaching. Yeah, he's the author of the Bundesliga Zeitung, and he's a podcaster for the Anfield Index and World Football Index. That's where I know him from. Um, he says he's a lover of umlauts. Uh, aren't we all? Please welcome in Andy Wales. Andy, how are we doing, man?
1: Guten Tag. <laughs> Good I'm, tag. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay, Richard. How about you? You must be uh, feeling a little bit down after that uh, Revere Derby yesterday.
0: I'm feeling a little blue, and there's no pun intended there. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a rough match uh, for me for sure. Uh, considering I was on a uh, a Zoom call with Shaka and a bunch of Shaka fans uh, across the U.S. as well. I was doing a a live streaming show and doing some footage for Deutsche Welle. So I was like, oh, this is the worst game to be doing all this
1: stuff. Yeah, it kind of felt like the first game of of preseason, where normally you'd be playing a team who were about eight divisions below you, just to gain a bit of fitness. And um, yeah, I, I think Schalke look like they probably need about another four, four or five ninety minutes under their belt before they can get going. It was, um, it was a very strange game, and not just because there was no fans present.
0: Yeah, and before we get to this uh, Dortmund training session that happened yesterday, <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit uh, about a week ago or so, you came out with an article kind of uh, recapping how the 2019-20 season has been thus far, uh, and I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, this season, before even this hiatus happened, it was uh, not your typical season in the Bundesliga, uh, very tight at the top, uh, a lot of uh, interesting results you know, happened both in the beginning, middle, and and just before the hiatus. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how crazy of a season this is, and and can you remember a season this crazy even before the has happened?
1: Uh, it's been certainly been for me the most competitive and exciting title race in the Bundesliga for for many years. Um, I, I can't quite remember actually going back. It's got to be at least a decade yeah. since we were things were looking this tight. You know, between you know three four teams. Who are genuinely contesting the title here, and it's good. It's really good for for the Bundesliga, and not just from that commercial sense of being able to sell it around the world. And you know, the naysayers say no, just it, just basically, yeah, you know what happens in the Bundesliga: buy and win it, and, and then somebody else comes second, and some teams get relegated, and the relegation race is usually interesting. But no, it has. It's it's been very very good, and it is it's good for all the clubs to to have that competition and I think it's good for Bayern as well. I, I think they need to have a much more level playing field competition if they want to do better in in Europe, which obviously they do. You know, it's teams that, that can push them more and it's it, it's been fun to watch and like you say, you know, there's been some really interesting results uh, and teams like Union Berlin who, as we recall this, are playing Bayern at the moment. But yeah. You know, just such a breath of fresh air. You know, a small club, a very small stadium, but vociferous support uh, and just really sort of that that kind of classic underdog, you know, the the small club coming from nowhere and really upsetting the big guys at times. Um, In in some ways, I guess Fortuna Dusseldorf were doing that last season and they've struggled to recapture that this year. But, you know, we've seen Werder Bremen struggling at the bottom, you know, a a traditional club with a lot of support. Uh, And... And we've got teams like you know Borussia Dortmund, obviously doing well. Leipzig, who not everybody's favourites, are doing well. <laughs> uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, a traditional club, they're doing well under a new, exciting coach. Yeah. You've got Bayer Leverkusen, you know, coming up behind. You know, it is a very interesting league this season. It is very good, and you know, it, it's it's what the league needs. It leads. It needs more competition, and and hopefully, you know, it's just. Um, a taste of, of what's to come over the next few seasons
0: yeah it, it really couldn't be more fun to watch uh, especially as a neutral you know you see that um, such competition at the top and then really all throughout really the top I mean the top whatever 10, 10 or 11 places are all within several points of each other I mean now the gap between the top five and the rest are starting to separate themselves but it was fairly tight for most of the season and I agree with you that this competition is better for the the teams in Europe because so many times in the past we've seen like Bayern just be so many points ahead in the Bundesliga and not really really in cruise control and then when they need to be in a competitive competitive nature going further in these uh in the UCL the Champions League they just they have to all of a sudden turn it back on and it's hard to do when you're when you've been off for so long and same thing for teams like you know Dortmund and other clubs in Germany who are in Champions League and they really don't have anything to play for other than staying in the Champions League spots, and it hurts them. And this year it's been really good, and we saw Dortmund really push PSG, the Champions League, and, and Bayern all of a sudden starts turning it on once they got rid of Niko Kovac. So uh, it, it's kind of been a breath of fresh air for all of us in general. And you talked, uh, we're going to transition really quick to Gladbach. You're talking about Marco Rose, a new man here with, with uh, leading the way there. He, uh, you know, coming in from the... Uh, uh, from the Austrian Bundesliga we weren 't sure how exactly how we, how well he would adapt, but it seems that Gladbach has uh really taken off under him, and he 's really uh, made them a fun attacking team to watch uh, that 's uh, really been in the hunt all you season long
1: yeah i I mean uh, he was very highly rated and it, it was seen as a bit of a coup for Gladbach to get him yeah uh, but there there is always that question mark you know you 've done well uh, obviously a dominant club in in Austria, but you know can you translate that and transition into uh, one of the top divisions in Europe, and he has done it very, very well. I, um you know, he, he, his attack obviously is quite sort of well, well um, suited to to his tactics and his style of play. You know, the the pace uh, and the power that, that they have there in Ram and Player and uh, and Patrick Herman, You know, having having a rejuvenation this season. It's you know that that's it's that aggressive press, the quick counter attacks they can hit you bang 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 you know you think you're on top you're doing okay and all of a sudden you've conceded a goal and i guess you know they they did that to frankfurt a couple of times in the first 10 minutes yesterday so it is it's good that other that other teams can do this and and it's for me as well is it's another fundamental thing of the bundesliga what attracts people to it is not just the magnificent fans and the the incredible atmosphere that we get in stadiums but also it's it's um, it, for me it's a, a league of opportunity the opportunity to young players opportunity to young coaches to really sort of cut their cut their teeth and and try things you know and, and it's it's great to watch it really it really is there's some fantastic football it moves at good pace but it's still technical and you know it's just for so many different reasons it's an enjoyable league and and Mönchengladbach this season have been a part of that
0: they certainly have, and another team who's uh, had an interesting season for sure uh, is uh, Borussia Dortmund, and they started out the season. Oh, um, it's been up and down. Like they had the big loss to Union Berlin early on, but then they kind of really uh, were at the top of the table for a good for a good bit amount of it. Um, and then Byron obviously stumbled out of the gates. Uh, then they kind of went a little bit down, a little bit downward spiral, and then all of a sudden they got this big hulking attacker in Erling Herlan, uh, a a wonder talent. And then all of a sudden, they turn it back on. And not only he, but the team is scoring goals in bunches. And they're back and uh, contending for the Bundesliga title all, all of a sudden with the emergence of uh, Haaland.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such a great sign in Haaland and uh, Emre Shan for the midfield as well. You know, two areas that they really needed to improve upon. You know, they started the season as favourites. They they beat Bayern quite comfortably 2-0 in the, in the Super Cup. Yeah. Uh, before this, you know... Uh, just before the season started, uh, they, they were everybody's favourites. You know, the time Julian Brandt, talking Hazard, Nico Schulz. You know, it seemed as though they they had the right squad. Everything was looking right. You know, they could do it. And Bayern were all over the place. This was the opportunity for Dortmund to press on and win the first title in in what nine years. So. They look good, but then it was—it wasn't long before you know the same problems came to resurface, um, giving away silly goals, conceding points that they they should not have really conceded. But yeah, you you said you know those two signings in January seem to have been the real turning point for them. You know, a striker who's physically imposing, he's quick and he's clinical. He scores goals, uh, and you know he doesn't need many chances to score goals either is incredible, and 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 Emre Shan, again adding steel into that midfield, something else that they were really lacking. So yeah, the Dortmund since uh, since the start of the in the start of this calendar year uh, have just really turned it on, and 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 now they they look a genuine threat. They do look the genuine option yeah. other than buying to to win this title.
0: Yeah, and I think m- many people probably outside of uh, Bavaria are hoping that we see a new champion this year. I may, you know, maybe not looking forward to a Dortmund title, but you know, uh, a change at the top is always good. I think it helps. It helps uh, bring uh, new fans into the league, especially you know, p- people don't want to say it's dominated just by one team. You want to have that competition, and. Uh, you know, two teams, two of the biggest you know games for Dortmund during the season is the Klassiker, obviously, with against uh, Bayern Munich, and obviously the Riviera Derby. So, um, obviously, the, Dortmund had a great start to the season, but then uh, you know during the season again in the Klassiker, they lost four nothing after Niko Kovac was uh, sacked, and so that's a, that's a tough loss there. And then the Riviera Derby, you know, there people were expecting them to you know to win that game, and it was a zero zero game. But Schalke were pretty much the the team on the front foot at that point in the season. Uh, so, would you would you make a Bayern Bayern or Bayern Dortmund's uh, mentality after two big games like that and not getting ideal results in, in the way they would want?
1: I think there was big question marks over their mentality, and I mean, Lucien Favre his his job was was hanging by a thread at one stage. You know, they they were three 0 down to Paderborn at home, yeah. and and the, the feeling was at that point, you know, he would be sacked at the end of that game, but they came back they equalized in injury time and some people even felt that you know perhaps that wouldn't be enough but they you know they stood by him and you know it's turned out well for them for now but there's still question marks over him and and even last season you know the question marks over him and his mentality of being able to once they were in the lead at the top of the division actually to to press home and and make that advantage count and go on and actually win the title um, you know, you mentioned that that nil nil earlier in the season with uh, with Schalke, the the first Revere Derby, Um yeah, Schalke did have the better of the game, and, and at that, that stage of the season, Schalke had all the fight, they had all the energy, and yeah. Dortmund were lacking fight, and and I and I think that's one thing where Shan has added something into that midfield. They are a lot more solid, even though you know there was no Shannon Witzel there yesterday. They they've become more solid, they've become more combative in midfield and and that was you know that was something that was desperately lacking from them they they could just kind of roll over and let teams push them aside and that's you know again it's just one of those things that they've put right they're, they're still they've still got some issues defensively but um they are moving in the right direction but um I, I guess as a Shalka fan, there'll be uh, there'll be all the issues in there you might want to talk about.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the season for for us over here at Shalka. It was uh, certainly an interesting one, right? You know, we heard the hiring of David Wagner come in, and many of us didn't know who really he was. We I mean, we knew that he was you know in a relationship with Jurgen Klopp and and he was with Huddersfield, but we weren't really too too sure about him. So you know, we started following up on his tactics, kind of got excited at the prospect of what he could bring to the team, and we saw the team really respond to him uh, early on in the season. I mean, they were every bit in the top in the top four uh, for a good part of the season. Uh, like you said, in the Riviera Derby, they did very well in that in that first encounter. Um, and going into the uh, Winter Palace, they were in good position. They were in, I think, uh, they made them fourth at, at going into the winter break. Um, coming out of the winter break against Gladbach, a very good team. They dominated. That, that was their best performance of the season, in my opinion, winning 2-0. And then all of a sudden the wheels just started coming off the tracks, and slowly and surely before the hiatus they were they were just stumbling away. And my question, I mean, you know, just prior to that stumbling block, I thought Wagner was in the running for being manager of the year with the way he had brought the club back up and performing very well. Uh, and then the team just, for whatever reason, after that Gladbach game, just fell apart. Can you can you explain what kind of rocky season has been for Schalke? You know, it started not so well, and then just pretty much falling off a cliff. You know, after the Gladbach match.
1: I I think it's it's essentially just down to the depth of quality in the squad if if I'm, I'm brutally yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean I, I thought Wagner was a really good appointment. A uh, good coach, good motivator, um has some good contacts. Uh and I, just a likable personality as well. I think some someone that the fans can get behind, someone relatable, uh, get gather, you know, garner the players together unify the group which I think he has done you know I think it's clear that they are all kind of fighting and you know singing off the same hymn sheet so to speak because that has kind of been an issue over the past couple of years at Schalke you could see cracks in the squad and at times they were missing fight and you weren't certain that they were all in you know in support of the manager they certainly seem to be here I just feel that you know he's done really really well with what he's got to work with but I think it's a limited group yeah. Um. You know, getting getting goals from few opportunities that that's something I think that really really needs to be addressed. And that is that that lack of a goal threat for Schalke. They just need more creators, more goal scorers, something to really hurt the opposition. You know, when they do have these good moments in games, to be able to capitalize more. So I, I think there's is a good there's a good coach there, a good trainer, you know, a, a good manager, how whatever you want to call him, You know, they they've got. I do believe they've got the right guy in charge. But I just think there's a, a lot of work to be done and it's the kind of work that could take time when you know you look at the the tricky side of the finances for, for Shalka, there's a lot of debt there. And obviously with the whole COVID-19 situation you know that is impacting football and finances massively and we we don't know what the future is going to be with that so I think Schalke are going to have to do better in terms of their their scouting uh, development because you know that's something that the club have always been very good at is bringing players through so there's going to be a lot of pressure to do that I think going forward.
0: Yeah Wagner certainly has brought uh, cohesiveness to the club for sure but you know you know even before the whole COVID-19 thing Schalke always a claim that didn't have that much money to bring in, you know, uh, spend a lot of money on players. And really, Schalke hasn't had a quality striker uh, with them since Klaasian Huntelaar and Raul. So uh, it's been a while for them. That, that's been a position they've been lacking for a while. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, as we said, the, the team started stumbling down. And um, I agree, the depth is not there. Uh, but then we had this hiatus come up with COVID-19 and it obviously affected the whole world. And... If, you know, coming. You know, once this high. you know, the River W is coming just before the hiatus. And at that point, I was terrified because Erling Halan was just on fire scoring goals at will. Dortmund was flying and we were playing very, very poor to say that. That's an, under- that's an overstatement there, maybe. Uh, but we had that break. And then so the way I looked at it was, OK, everyone's on a clean sheet of sorts because we've all been through this two months with no football. We should be hopefully the momentum from from Dortmund has passed and and. Wagner can reinvigorate the club going out of this break, but we had the Riviera derby yesterday, and it looked like same old, same old Dortmund continued to be flying, and Schalke still having the issues that they did before the hiatus. Uh, the game was, um, as I put it, a training session for Dortmund, if you will, and it didn't seem like Schalke was, had much fight, if at all, any.
1: Yeah, that 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 was something. Um, like I say, it was a real sort of sharp contrast to the first Revere derby earlier in the season, where there, there was plenty of fight from uh, from Schalke. There, there was just nothing in this game, and and it is difficult, like you've mentioned. You know, the two months without competitive football, no matter what you train, how you train, those competitive matches are just it's just a different thing. Yeah, and hence why you normally yeah you'd have a break you'd have an extended break like this. It would be pre-season, but before you get into competitive football, you'll have your your friendlies and you build up your intensity as you go along and that builds up your fitness, your sharpness, and then you're ready for the start of the season. So there is, there, you know, there is no pre-season here this is a pre-season with no pre-season games you're straight into (laughs) competitive football yeah Yeah, and there's you know players are clearly tired uh, tiring quickly there are injuries getting picked up little niggling injuries here and there but I think it was it was absolutely abundantly clear uh, in the game yesterday that that Schalke really did lack an in intensity um, you, you know you looked at when they were trying to press they were going forward they were pressing some players but not others um, and they weren't sort of getting right within people getting in their faces it, uh, I thought Dortmund were, were quite sort of sloppy in the first twenty minutes. They they yeah. took a little bit of time to find their touch and find their passing range, but Schalke never really sort of put them under under the cosh much. They never really sort of got about them and really tested that mentality that that has been a, a real problem for for Dortmund. You know, when people have got about them, they felt the pressure. Maybe maybe the lack of fans in, in the arena as well. That that just. Maybe that just impacts on players, and and it's going to take a few weeks to to get on top of things and and get used to it because it it was even though it was officially a, a derby, it didn't feel one. You know, obviously from the the colour and the noise that you get from the fans, but also the intensity on the pitch that you know you wouldn't have thought that yeah. those Schalke players were playing in a derby and that it meant everything to to the uh, the fans in Gelsenkirchen there because yeah it was it was very very ponderous
0: it's a very difficult situation we all understand that and we knew that you know, we were going to give the, the players a little bit of a break because it's it is too, it's unprecedented almost to see you know two months with you know. No football, and then we all of a sudden you come back and you're playing one of your biggest games of the year uh, right off the bat without any uh, practice games, if you will. And so it's always going to be difficult, but it seems like yesterday, at least for the Shaka perspective, many people are throwing Schubert under the bus. And I, and I thought that's a bit unfair because he was kind of left out to drive by the defense and the midfield and really the attacking options. You know, once, you know, when, when Chaka had the ball in possession, once they crossed the midfield point, they couldn't even string any passes together or anything. So I think it was just a, cum- a cumulative effort of being poor altogether, not just Schubert. What was your take on who, you know, who, if anyone was to blame, or it was just a collective collective loss?
1: Definitely collective for me. I think you you said it right there. You know, nobody really put anything together in any ar- area of the pitch. A little loose at the back, the defenders were were switching off. But again, you know, like you've said as well, is this unprecedented break that we've had, um, the, the way that everybody's feeling because it's very much divided and conflicted upon football returning players, yeah, yeah. supporters, you know, it is a, it is testing times in, in every sense of the world, uh, of the word. So it, it's, yeah, we do have to give players a little bit more leeway than we normally would. Um, but I, I do think in particular that, um, Schubert, Marcus Schubert, the goalkeeper, you know, he's only what 20, 21 years old. I think he needs to be protected for his own good now. You know, he's he had a couple of really um, bad performances yeah. where he got exposed. And I think he's just he's just not ready yet for this. He may be very talented and maybe the future, but the future isn't there just yet for him, It's not ready for it yet. But then again, the the flip side to that is I completely understand why. He was put into the team because the situation with Alexander Nubel and stripped of the captaincy, taken out of the team for for what he did in the way that, yeah. you know, it was all done with with Bayern, and it just at that time you really could have done with um, the experience of Ralph Fährmann.
0: Yeah, and many fans yesterday were you know clamoring for him, even though he's on loan technically over in Norway. They were like he was training with the team during the, uh, the break a little bit, so. Uh, many men are hoping that he can come back at least and, and and mentor Schubert for you know like a season or two at least until he can get you know his head straight there and the team is ready for him. But uh, it's a difficult thing nonetheless. And so, one game is done. I mean, what first before we get to about the rest of the remainder of the season, uh, what was your assessment of the of the Bundesliga in whole for this weekend? Obviously, Bayern and and Union Berlin are just wrapping up. Uh, but yesterday we had a lot of games going on at the same time. Um, overall, what do you think is the uh the the grade you would give it
1: oh <laughs> it's tough it's it difficult tough. yeah difficult um i think the quality of football was better than perhaps i anticipated okay uh it did feel very strange you know obviously you can hear all the players you can hear everything uh it, just the weird things like the the noise of the ball being struck <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, and the noise of it hitting the back of the net normally you only hear the first part of that because then the fans come in but to hear the whole thing it just fa- it just felt really odd and it sounded very odd and i get you know that that's something we've all got to get used to because unfortunately we, we just don't know how long it's going to be before fans can can actually go into a stadium again and be safe so yeah we've got to adjust and the players have got to adjust and it was strange um but i th- i think it was again you know what I've, as I mentioned in this game that the, how it looked a bit like it was a pre-season game a lot of the games yesterday looked very very um, like sketchy in that in that way you know the players looked quite rusty but i think what was noticeable today is the intensity was there sooner and quicker from the players in the two games that I've watched today So I don't know. Maybe it's that mental adjustment of of playing in empty stadiums. You know, it's maybe we underestimate just how much that impacts upon the game itself out there.
0: Yeah, that's very true. You know, I I thought maybe going into this one would be an advantage for Schalke without without the yellow wall behind Dortmund, but. Obviously, it's 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 odd for everybody in general, and it's difficult to play in a situation that you're not used to. It's it's very much you're playing a competitive match in a training ground situation, so um, it's going to be diff- difficult for the remaining whatever eight games left. And so I'm curious how the rest of the season's going to go. And you know, luckily for Schalke, they're you know they're currently in eighth place, eighth place. So they dropped you know two places over the weekend. Uh, but coming up, their schedule is a little bit easier than it had been. They had just run through a, ba- a massive gauntlet. Uh, they got Augsburg, Düsseldorf, uh, Bremen, and Union Berlin coming up. So do you think Schalke has an opportunity here to uh, rebound after such a poor performance against uh, Dortmund? Or do you think it's going to the struggles are going to continue? Because I know the big issue that a lot of us uh, Schalke fans had in the game is we went from 3 substitutions to 5 substitutions and you know we are home of the free Frekatucci movement and we did not many people are clamoring for Katucci to get on the pitch he did not and so we think the substitutions have not been used very wisely by Wagner and so how do how do you think the forecast looks for the remainder of the season can can Schalke rebound or is this uh the the wheels just off the tracks and no way of uh fixing it
1: I think with the the lack of goal threat that that seems to be for me has been an issue for quite some time is is that lack of creativity, the the real lack of goals, um that that is something that's always going to cause you a, a problem really you know if you to try and get yourself out of sticky situations at times or to capitalise when you are on top of games but, you know when you look at them four fixtures coming up without a doubt there's an opportunity there, Augsburg have been pretty poor this season. Ah, uh, Werder Bremen obviously been really, really poor. Düsseldorf yeah. will be a tough one under under they They've been much uh, under Uwe Rüdler. They've been much, much more uh, resolute and, and more difficult to break down and, and beat. So you know, yeah, there's without a doubt there's opportunity there, but I, I I fear that the season could just kind of drift now for Schalke and you just end up sort of hovering around mid table with. Yeah. with not much to put, you know, no threat of relegation, but nothing to really play for and push you on in terms of achieving, maybe moving into a Europa League spot. And it's, again, I just, I, I can't help but feel it's it's that real lack of goal threat because I, I think they're susceptible to, to conceding goals. I don't think you're, like, terrible defensively or, you know, you're going to concede goals here, there and everywhere, even though there was, you know, the four yesterday. Um, I think I think you can be fairly solid at the back, but you just need to be able to score more. And and I think that could be the thing that really kind of um, upsets upsets the season going forward.
0: Yeah, and and the unfortunate part is, you know, uh, Schalke already having financial troubles before this whole COVID nineteen, and now it's even uh, that that inability to sign players is going to be further stricter stricter, you know, going forward and so they're really going to have to rely on their youth players to kind of find that striker at least in the time being until they can eventually get some money and, and buy a new striker. Last question I'm going to leave you with um, at the top of the table, Bayern's at 58 uh, before this game right? oh, actually as the game concluded it's not 58 points It just been updated. Uh, Dortmund on 54 Gladbach 52, Leipzig 51 of these four clubs, who wins the Bundesliga this year?
1: I, I just think it's impossible to look past Bayern at the moment. Yeah, for for all it's been a great and exciting title race. As we as we spoke of, you know, and Dortmund are genuine contenders now. I don't think Leipzig and, and Gladbach have quite enough to see them through to the end of the season. You know, to win that title, and Leverkusen a little far behind. Dortmund are the the most likely of teams. If anyone's going to take Bayern, it'd be Dortmund but um, under Hansi Flick, Bayern just seem to have rediscovered their identity, what they're all about. A really, really good coach. Their best signing of last season, it seems, you know, getting him on the coaching staff. And, yeah, I just find it difficult to see past them. And Robert Lewandowski, um, I mean, wow. (laughs) Wow, exactly. How do you just get better, turn 30 and still get better? I mean, he's an unbelievable striker.
0: He is and uh Bayern obviously has the best best depth in the whole league as well, so that helps uh even with the five substitutions that you know, they can always put a whatever five players they bring on, they can all start for anybody else in the Bundesliga. You know, what what what's the old saying in Germany? Death taxes and Bayern win the title, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean I'd love that love for there to be a different winner and and i think it would be great for the bundesliga and and i think it really needs it but um at least the fact that it is closer it does give us that hope for the future that um you know uh, perhaps perhaps we'll we'll get this more often and and maybe bayern will get distracted by european competitions had this been a normal season perhaps that might have been the case but um who knows <laughs> it's a yeah we're we're just in we're in um we're in ground that we've we've never been in before and it's it makes everything very very difficult to uh to predict
0: it it certainly does it's uh i think this one it's one for the record books one we can hopefully you know chalk up as just saying who you can't really explain the season at all even before the hiatus it was just so competitive so crazy uh but you gotta love it i mean uh, we'll see how the bundesliga ends but overall it's going to be a memorable one uh for sure Thank you, Andy. Uh, this is a lovely, lovely uh, conversation that we had here on Schalke and then the Bundesliga in general. Uh, t- please, please tell our followers what, where they can fo- follow you on social media, Twitter, and then please plug anything you want right now if the floor is yours.
1: Um, thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Armchair. And um, yeah, that's everything that I do will be through that. And uh, my my work is essentially um, mostly through World Football Index, where I am, as you said, the author of uh, the Bundesliga Zeitung, the, the uh, weekly column on all things Bundesliga. There, so uh, please do check that out. And and thanks again for for having me on. It's it's been fun.
0: It has been fun, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. However odd it may be to see with no fans. <laughs>
1: Take care. Cheers.
0: And that was our interview with Andy Wales. Uh, please make sure you give him a follow on Twitter and follow all of his articles. Honestly, from his articles, he puts out with the Bundesliga Zeitung, uh, with the World Football Index and, and and all the other places you can find him at, uh, he is definitely worth a follow. He gives us good information, especially Bundesliga stuff, so definitely give him a follow, folks. Thank you. That'll do, it. That'll do it for this episode. It's a very unique one, not our normal podcast, but again, we were spent from the weekend, all the stuff that we had going on. So uh, keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. Thank you again to all the people who were with us on the Zoom call as well as people who are with us during the live video stream on YouTube. Uh, Thank you to all of you guys. Uh, We very much appreciate it. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss in the future, send us a tweet at Shalk America. We want to give a special shout-out, of course, to our good friends at NBC4Nashville for their continued support. You can follow, make sure you follow Jack Mangan at J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. That's J-M-Mangan on Twitter. And then you can find me, as always, at R-Underscore-K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next podcast comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shus.